Greetings and salutations, humans of this planet. This is Aloistic Artist. Today is May 5th, 2019. How you guys doing? How you doing out there in the world? How's your day going? My day is going fantastic. Wow. It's been a while since I've been talking here on Anchor. And... I was getting ready to go eat something for dinner, and I thought, you know what? I think it's time I create a new episode and let everybody know what's been going on in my life. I think the last time I recorded a a podcast, a little show, was sometime shortly after my mother had passed away, and man, this year, what a what a zinger! 2019 is quite a year, quite a year it's turned out to be, so, <sighs> how long can we record now, I don't, I don't remember, is it still only five minutes, well, that doesn't sound very professional now, does it, oh well, whoever claimed to be a professional, <sighs> so, gosh, I used to say that a lot on Anchor, so here we go again, This past year, my mother passed away. I've been spending time with her over the last eight, nine years. And during that time, I had sat in sweet anticipation of so many different possible outcomes of where my life could go. And uh, I had this beautiful little vision of this mobile design studio, a space I could have to my own. And shortly after my birthday, I moved out of my mother's house and I bought a little 16 foot 1968 aristocrat trailer. Just a doll of a little trailer. My friend Fred Zorns had picked it up about three or four years ago. Really interesting story, actually, how he got it, but. That'll save for another episode. (laughs) Suffice it to say, he had uh, upgraded it quite a bit, installed solar panels. So I have 270 watts of solar on the roof with a 200 amp hour uh, battery bank and a 1500 watt inverter. Along with, of course, a charge controller from the solar. So it's... It provides me with enough electricity to run my <laughs> ridiculously large for this little trailer 43-inch uh, 4K high-dynamic range TV. I splurged and got an absolute amazing deal. Best Buy had them on sale for $179, like the weekend of like Good Friday or something like that. Maybe that Saturday. And so I had a 50-inch television that I had bought from my mother that I was using as a computer monitor and it was just, it was too big for this little space and it lacked in color. So I upgraded to a beautiful high dynamic range color um, 4K TV and absolutely amazing. So I found a little space to park my little trailer and I found myself a very creative, fun little job. I'm currently working with uh, Peter Von Toggren, uh at K9 
Cantastics. He uh, makes these little lamps and candle holders out of recycled cans. And so we use a little jeweler's torch to cut all the designs in it, and then I polish them up, and then we either clear coat them, and they look silver, or we put these different painted patina looks and make them look really cool. Uh, maybe I'll include a picture with this uh, podcast if I can do that of those cans. But anyway, I've been working here since about February and uh, been just really enjoying myself, learning all these new little techniques and really learning from a master. Uh, Peter's been making cans into lamps and and chandeliers for well actually since since this trailer I'm in was brand new he started in uh, 1967 he actually had a motorcycle accident and broke his leg and he was a welder at the time and he couldn't go to work and he was bored so he decided to start playing around with some cans he had some cans around he took his torch and started cutting some different designs into it and fast forward now <laughs> 52 years and uh, he's still at it and has become oh his torch work is just beautiful the little designs and we we make these little night lights oh they're amazing they have a little LED uh, you know like the little ones you buy at Walmart just the cheap little night lights it has a little sensor on it but it's LED so it's got this crisp sharp single point of light and the designs that are cut across the top of the can cast a shadow and cast light onto the ceiling. And this can, this design, will fill like 10 feet in your hallway. And the other ones just spread light out all over your walls. And, oh, it's so cool. Today, uh, and, and then we sell them down at the farmer's market here in Las Cruces on Saturdays. And then... There's a Mercado uh, market in uh, Old Masia that we sell the uh, the cans and stuff down on Sunday. Well, I'm gonna help Peter get the uh, the cans online, but the the so we can have an online store. Uh, but since everything's handmade and we can only make so much at a time, I've been hesitant about opening that floodgate you know we got to learn how to to be able to manage what we can what we can sell but his goal since he's now like 69 years old he's tired of dragging the stuff to the market twice a week you know so if we can replace that market with online sales then we can just box stuff up and mailman can take it or ups or whatever so that pretty much catches you up to current now. Many of you that have been following me for a long time know that through Anchor I was able to reconnect with my daughter, and um, which was absolutely amazing. And this month, on May 24th, she turns 18. And what's really exciting is my dad's been um, saving money also to help me out. And... <clears throat> He just sent me money to go purchase a, a vehicle so that I'll be able to drive out there and pick him up. And then we're going to go see Anna for her birthday on May 24th. 
And then on June 1st, she graduates from high school. And then <clears throat> on September 15th, I believe it is, she is turning me into a grandfather. <laughs> she is pregnant with a baby girl. And when she first told me that she was pregnant, the first thought that jumped into my mind was, oh my gosh, my mom is reincarnating as my granddaughter. Because if any of you know my mother and have heard any of her stuff in the background as I'd recorded my different episodes in the past, my mother was a big proponent of reincarnation and she was fascinated with near-death experience and children that came back uh, and recounted their previous lives. And I was like, man, my mom died nine days after her birthday on her 68th birthday, 50 years after she graduated from high school. She graduated in 1968. Or 69, yeah, so, no, yeah, 68. 50 years was 68. And so, I could just see my mom getting to the other side and going, oh, hell no, I didn't mean to exit. Put me back in. And them going, well, we don't really have a slot. And I could just see my mom going, well, make my granddaughter pregnant then. I'll come back in. It's her child. Uh, so, with that being said, right, the last purchases my mom made before she passed away is a uh, candy, a cotton candy maker. Because my mother loved candy. She was, she had such a sweet tooth. And so... <laughs> I'm packing up the Nostalgia Cotton Candy Maker and the Snow Cone Machine. And I'm going to take them out to my daughter. And I'm going to tell her, here, you're going to need these. She's going to want them. And just tell her that, you know, I'll... I'll I'll talk to the little baby after she gets a little bit older and see if she remembers. But I could just see my mom coming in and, like, as soon as she can start talking, she's going to be like, I used to be your grandmother, and now I'm your daughter. And <laughs> oh, So that, that sounds exciting. So by September, life's going to be totally different in many ways. Oh, and then to boot, my... Uh, Three years ago, well, it was about four years ago, right before Anchor came out, I had gone back east, back to Arkansas, to my dad's. Uh, he had some property out there, and I'd helped him sell it. And, uh, you know, I just, I gave it away, essentially, because it was supposed to be my inheritance. But I told him, hey, you know what, you enjoy it, just if you can sell it. And, and so he was carrying the note on the thing, and the people ended up, not paying for it and so he went back and went to court and ended up getting his property back well he told me the other day that when I come out there that uh, he's decided that he's gonna um, give me his property and uh, so I'm gonna end up with seven and a half acres out in Hardy Arkansas and 
we were talking about different ways we could take that piece of property and turn it into an income stream instead of an expense. And so what we've come up with is we're going to put uh, 10 to 20 little RV camping spots on it, you know, with full hookup, electrical hookup. And uh, because Hardy is right off of, right on the Spring River. And the Spring River is just, oh, it's one of the most beautiful canoeing experiences. This spring kicks out like millions of gallons a day and feeds this whole river. And so you're literally floating down this spring. And uh, so that, we're going to set up RV spots. And then the money that we earn from those RV spots, we're going to build out a little solar farm. Uh, to provide all the electricity for the system and be able to sell a little bit back to the <clears throat> to the electrical grid. That way we can turn that property, instead of it being an expense, which it's not a very big expense, turns out the property tax on the thing is only like $36 a year. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, well, hell, I'll just give them 500 bucks and say, see you in a decade, dude. Uh, so... Yeah, my life is totally freaking changed in so many different ways. And then I met this awesome Navajo Native American artist that he he does these amazing portraits and he needed somebody with digital skills to be able to take the photographs he had and format them and set them up because he wanted to do a series of postcards. And so now... Uh, I'm helping him with that and he's helping me get back into the flow of things with my art and so I'm working on a, a little series of butterflies right now I've been so busy with everything I haven't been spending much time on the butterflies but when I go back east uh, I'll probably have quite a bit of time and uh, yeah with me heading back out there I might have to go look up a few anchor people and maybe uh maybe check in and, and say hi like uh, Abe you're out there in Oklahoma that's going to be pretty much on my route unless I end up going through uh, Texas and down to Dallas uh, I've got some friends down there but um, I'm going to my daughter's I think in Maryland I'll have to look at I'm not sure but anyway I'm going to be on the east coast uh, for about a m month or so so, uh, yeah, if you're out there or anywhere between New Mexico, <laughs> between New Mexico and Maryland, uh, let me know. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll be able to swing by and say hi. Wow, that was a lot to talk about in 15 minutes. And I know I left out all kinds of different stuff because I've had so many different experiences and so much stuff's been going on, but I imagine that's the same for all you guys and everybody out there. Hope you guys are all well, being creative, allowing that flow. Tell you what, man, this year has been just manifestation after manifestation, things coming to, together, like, ah, uh, it's just amazing, just amazing. So the next stage, what I'm planning on doing, once we get that property set up out there, <clears throat> I was like, well, that works really good in the summer, and it's only three or four months, and, you know, it'll make twenty to $50,000 a year just off of that 
you know, a couple little spots out there. And I was like, man, that would be really cool to replicate out in the desert because out here we have the reverse. In the wintertime, when our mild winters are here, all the snowbirds come from all the northern states that are all snowing and they take their RVs and head south. And I thought, hmm, maybe I need to set that same thing up and set it up with, with solar and you know, take the money I earn from from the different spaces and keep increasing the the solar farm. You know, the return that you get back from selling it to the grid is not very high. Like, uh, depends on if you're in a net metering state. And I believe this state, like sometimes it's only four cents a kilowatt. You know, which they charge you ten to fourteen cents in the same period, right? So they're just giving you a fraction of it back. Well, I thought, well. <clears throat> if you have the RV slots and you're selling the electricity to those people, you get to charge whatever rate you want. If you're creating your own electricity and not having to buy it at retail, you can actually make a little more of a profit through that for the electrical use. <sighs> so that little idea out here, I'm, I'm, well, I'm calling both of them. They're going to be my Alloistic Solar Punk Farms. Because the other thing I want to do is set up a aquaponics garden that uses uh, it, it'll be domed over the top of it. Man, I got a lot of crazy ideas. I love being crazy flush with with ideas and creativity. <clears throat> so the little the idea behind the little aquaponics farm is that you would then have essentially a fresh vegetable store for your RV people. And so the idea is to actually dig a hole down underground so that you have your water reservoir down low where it's nice and cool and climate controlled. Because <clears throat> the earth always stays like 55 to 58 degrees un underground. And that way you can have a nice stable pond system. And at the if you dome the top of it, here in the desert, we don't have much water. So it, any way you can conserve water, you're going to be better off. Uh, so what my idea for doing a highly efficient uh, garden in the desert is to dig a hole down maybe 18, 20 feet to where I put a pond down at the bottom. And it's got like a little spiral place that comes all the way up. So it comes up to the top. And then it has a big geodesic dome over the top of it. And the dome serves a couple of different purposes. As it rains, the rain hits the top of the dome, collects and drains into a, a collection pond that's separate from your fish pond. Because your fish pond, you want to keep stabilized with the amount of fresh water versus their water. And, and so to take that fresh rainwater that just dropped in the way I'm going to move it to the fish pond is by allowing it to evaporate inside of that dome. Because if you have a really hot sun baking down on the outside of a dome and you have a water source inside, that thing is going to sweat like crazy. You're just going to have evaporation. If you didn't have it domed, it would just evaporate into the atmosphere. But with the dome, the evaporation collects on the surface because you create a dew point at the difference of the temperature outside versus the temperature inside in that 
evaporation turns into water, which then will run down and get collected, and then the excess of that will run down and add to the fish, little fish pond. Then that fish pond water will get pumped all the way up to the top of the dome where it will have a spiral of um, uh, kind of like the PVC for growing all the really heavy water-based <clears throat> like lettuce and, and uh, the ones that just like a lot of water. <clears throat> so the water goes and it flows down, back downhill, spiraling down, hitting all the different aquaponics grow beds and then cycling through, eventually making its way all the way back down to the pond. Well, by doing it that way, I have this moist, earth-cooled environment that <clears throat> will stratify the heat, allow the sun to come in the top, and then I was al already thinking about how I could use uh, mirrors to be able to bounce light down into the to the tunnel to be able to direct light throughout the day on the different plants depending on how much light they need. Well, if I also have solar power and wind power and batteries, then in the winter when I don't have as much light to grow with, I would be able to put uh, LED lights in and supplement that light so I can produce, you know, basically year-round because I'm creating my own little ecosystem like a little tropical forest that would just keep, uh, you know, producing. And then the idea behind that is now you have a place where instead of driving off and going to the grocery store, you walk over to one of the different aquaponics houses depending on which, you know, fish you need or which vegetables you need. And then that way everything's fresh and organic. And then the excess of it, I could sell to local restaurants. <clears throat> uh, because everybody loves fresh organic vegetables and, and fish. So, <sighs> I've always said, I don't need a job. I just need an income. And finally I'm getting into the position where I've figured out the right ideas that will make that makes sense to be able to do something like this. And it was really my dad that said, hey, you know, if we put like 10 RV spots in here and cater to the canoers, we could make like, you know, 30 bucks a spot. I was like, dude, that's 300 bucks a day. I was like, wow, man, that beats the hell out of going to a job. <laughs> so <clears throat> that will also free me up be able to, to go into the other ventures that I want to do, like uh, a passion I have that I'm really excited about is I, I want to convert old classic cars into electric cars. And like old Volkswagen Bugs and old Porsches and old Jaguars and, you know, just all the old classic cars, but put all the modern electric car tech in it. And uh, I just think that would be super fun. And then if you have your own solar farm, guess what? You get your own free gas station, essentially. Your own fuel station. And then the next step, as the prices continue to drop on all those components and more and more vehicles go into the secondary market as well as the, um, uh, you know, 
insurance, auction cars, you know, stuff like that, junkyards, the more and more prolific that those electric cars become, the more of those materials become available for converting vehicles over to it, kind of like doing a secondary market instead of hot rodding and, and putting some big Corvette engine in your, your, your small little Miata, you're taking a Tesla drivetrain and you're stuffing it in your classic Porsche 911 or your old whatever, you name it. It, it. It's just a matter of how many batteries you need for the amount of range that you want and how many volts you want for how fast you want to go. But the beauty of it is so much of that stuff has been open sourced and the community has come together and made it to where in the future it's just going to be a hobbyist thing that people will be able to do in their garage like people do now where they buy a crate motor and they upgrade and change the stuff well you'll be able to just do it with electric instead that's when it gets really exciting because then once the price point gets right you can start converting RVs and vans and things that people can live in and travel and have electric. And if you have enough range to get to those different points along the way, and one of the beauties is on an RV, you can add a bunch of solar to the top of it. Uh, There's a couple of guys right now uh, from, I believe they're either New Zealand or Australia. I'm not sure exactly where. But they're on a drive they both were in school for like electrical engineering stuff like that and they flew up to alaska bought an electric delivery vehicle like a used electric tall tall van type of a thing uh like a little box truck type of deal excuse me and they added a secondary battery out of a uh I think it was from like a Chevy Bolt battery pack. So they added like an extra 30 kilowatt hours uh, to their to their pack. And then they put 6,000 watts of solar panels down the top of the thing. And they're driving from Alaska to the south tip of South America 100% on solar power. And I was like, oh my gosh that changes everything once you can travel and there's no expense as far as fuel to travel to that next spot and it's your home dude that's like <laughs> that makes it totally possible to be a digital nomad with such little overhead and i think the little solar punk farms could end up growing out and i was like wow Maybe I could put one in all 50 states and make it a thing where, like, people can travel around to the different ones. Because once you have electricity and you have a different setup, another logical thing to do is to make it an electric car charging port. Because then you have people that are traveling through that need to spend 30 minutes there to charge their car up to go on to the next part of their route or whatever. And I was like, man, if you had a little aquaponic garden and a little juice shop where you could juice all these fresh vegetables and fruits and everything that would be so cool and so uh yeah that's that's what that's what's been going on in the world of 
holistic artist, Vincent Strader. Well, I'm going to jump on my little bicycle because I have not bought my new vehicle yet. Uh, I, my dad sent me three grand to go pick up a vehicle to, you know, just something good enough. I don't need anything to pull my trailer just yet. Uh, just something that I can go out on this East Coast trip and back and uh, maybe use it longer, maybe flip it for a little bit of a profit if I upgrade it or something. Um, so for right now, I'm still on my wonderful little tricycle bicycle. Love that thing. And I just found out, like three blocks down the road, there's a little place called A Touch of Belgium. And they sell Belgian food. So... I think I'm gonna go uh, go treat myself to a nice dinner. Hope all is well in your world. Remember, vortex up. Make it your priority to take your vibration, your state of being, and raise that as high as you can. The best little trick I found on that is wake up in the morning and start thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. And just keep going over that gratitude attitude until you feel your energy rise up and you're so full of gratitude that, oh man, you do that, you can carry that energy through the whole day. Be well, my friends. Ciao for now.